Welcome to the J&J Connection Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jordan. Today we will be talking about aliens and recent UFO declassifications. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Be sure to check out our link in the description at audibletrial.com slash Connection, and be sure to listen for more later in the podcast. Fact of the day, in 2015, the fourth most powerful supercomputer in the world took 40 minutes to simulate just one second of human brain activity. Does that mean the first most powerful supercomputer took 10? 10 minutes? If if the place is scaled by tens, I guess. <laughs> Although I'm I'm curious as to whose brain activity it was simulating. Probably just because average. I feel like if it was mine, it'd be like the computer would just shut off, and then that would be that would be equivalent. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just like, but like before you even submit the question, it'll just be like done. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's it's over it. It's, <laughs> it came up and it said I'm over it. <laughs> Buddy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thank- um, I I pride myself on being the most persistent guest. That's good, because you um, you're the you're the only guest that matters. Until I, our next guest. Until, yeah, until literally anyone else shows up. Yeah. Which, just, hopefully, is soon, but it'll be better once this uh, pandemic is over. It'll be easier to get out and actually talk to people. Yeah. I, I kind of like the format of not actually having people here, though, because it's easier, but at the same time makes recording a pain. But, yeah, because we have to actually figure out something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, just, like, sometimes the actual recording is difficult from a technical perspective yeah hopefully one day we can fix that but buddy buddy how was your day oh boy uh pretty slow just dealing with the cats uh i did not have i i when i say i don't have didn't have work today it's that i there physically isn't allowed to be so many people in the lab and so i have to stay at home so that's what relaxing days are for me. That's uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I actually have some work to do, so I'd rather be in. But anyway, here I am. How was your day? It was rough, man. It was rough. I work a labor job right now. And mm-hmm. I have never had... Like, I've been sore before, right? Mm-hmm. But I've never been like... My back. I just I just can't do it today, guys. My back is just killing me. It's that uh twenty five now, buddy. Yeah. That was today. You're old. That was today. Like it was weird. It it's like my in my back under my ribs. It's like you can't get a full breath and you're just like (laughs) Did you you get hit by a truck when you were at work? (laughs) No, I woke up like that. I woke up and I was like, "What's going on here?" I though I I tried a different thing at the gym to, uh, yesterday, so I think. Was it getting hit by a truck? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You're 19 days past 25, buddy. And I'm Get falling apart. And I'm Get falling apart. Uh, oh, I want to tell oh. you about my my dream I had last night. Oh, okay, that's new. Well, yeah. Well, this is gonna actually because it flows. It's gonna flow well. It's gonna. 
uh, be like a cake. We're going to make a cake. We're just going to start with the, the batter, then we're going to put it in the oven, and then we're going to enjoy. I Sorry to already <laughs> derail this. I just finished, the I think, the latest season of The Great British Baking Show. Uh-huh. It was awesome. I recommend it for anyone who needs a chill watch. Buddy, what was your dream about? Why not just put your watch in the fr- freezer? Anyway. Did... I, n- nope. Okay. Keep going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, I had a dream last night about aliens. Right? Yes. Uh, and it was actually kind of scary. <laughs> I woke I woke up in a slight panic, not like jumping out of my bed like, oh my god, but just kind of like waking up and like looking around, making sure everything was was chill. Uh, no, so what happened was, you were there. Mm. Um, I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, because you were there. This this actually happened. We had <laughs> this is this was the funny part. We had mini pierogies. And they were scattered across the floor. All right. Sounds about right. <laughs> and, and we were picking them up off of the ground, like making jokes. And it, we knew the aliens were coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you made a joke um, about picking up the pierogies like we had done this before. <laughs> like, it. Like nothing, nothing new about picking up these old rogies off the floor or something. <laughs> right before the aliens were coming, and it was like something we've always done. No, but then, um, then the aliens like came on our front, my front porch, and I at first I was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna beat them, we're gonna attack them, you know, they're not gonna get us. It it wasn't like a peaceful alien. These okay. these ones were mean ones, and just I, to help with my visualization, are they like the aliens from Independence Day? Uh, well, in a in a way, they kind of were. They had a All right. like, they had a weird sized head. Like they were uh, they were about your height. You're a little bit taller than I am. They were your height, pretty skinny, but had or. And had massive heads. They were gray. They, they did look like a classic alien. <laughs> but nice. uh, but their heads... I was just kind of like thrown off by how big their head was. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't... Imagine like three three human-sized heads. Yeah, then uh, it stopped. Because I was yelling at it out the window. And it came up right to the window. And I, I looked at it dead in the eyes. And that's when I was like, game over. I'm out. <laughs> And then I woke up, and then I was like, yo, that was kind of creepy. It was a pretty slick escape you made there. Yeah, I woke up. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, perfect. Perfect for the setup. N- nice. Uh, we made the batter, <laughs> now let's now let's bake it. Let's bake it. Let's All right. bake it. Uh, so, recently, the New York Times reported that, uh, well... I guess I should back up a little bit from there. A few weeks ago, there were some videos released of, and the story behind it was there was na- it was a Navy pilot taking a video um, of something, 
that they they witnessed during a flight and it moved weird and it was really it was it was a ufo that's the only way really to describe it it moved in strange ways it looked to be turning in midair without actually moving which mm. isn't something like planes do so okay whatever so those got released that was the story uh the new york times recently reported that uh those videos were released by the pentagon so the united states pentagon released those videos and uh but they didn't give any explanation so this comes with a little bit of background so um the new york times reported in 2017 that there was a classified program that was in charge of investigating and collecting reports of ufos uh, this program was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP for short. Uh, this program was active from 2007 to 2012 when it was defunded. Um, the mission of the program didn't end. Uh, the program was picked up by the Naval Intelligence Office, and uh, then they were in charge of collecting UFOs. And while that program wasn't classified, a lot of the materials were kept confidential until presumably they could investigate the uh, the accounts and then report on them later. And so that's probably where this video came from. They were done with their investigation and then they released it. But as of right now, there's still no explanation as to what the video actually had in it. Um, and it's not a very good video. It, it looks like it's heat mapped and so the, the object is uh, white or black depending on the um, which mode the camera was in and the rest is obviously background but it's like you can't see colors you can't see anything like that but it does it looks like a pretty classic saucer <laughs> and uh, again it looks like it rotates about 90 degrees in the video and then just takes shoots. takes off at high speed which um, uh, there was a little bit of commentary in the video itself and they the pilots were commenting on how fast the thing was moving and so that's where that is aliens man so buddy aliens they're real and y'all better buckle up because you know 2020 can only get better right <laughs> <laughs> who had bets on aliens uh, yeah so i'm a little confused by all of the lack of context that we're getting and so that that was the reporting portion of it now we get to uh, dive into our deep insight of all things flying saucer and aliens. And uh, we get to share it with you here, viewers. Yeah. So I think the reason that you're not getting more information about it is because they're, the more information part is the classified part. Right. Like, yeah. they, they're a lot... They're, they, the Pentagon pretty much came out and said, like, yeah, the videos that you saw, those were real, and also we don't exactly know what they are. Uh, you had this guy, um, oh, where'd his name go? We had it written down somewhere, didn't we? Um, Eric Davis, I believe. Yeah, Eric Davis. Yeah, that was his name. Eric Davis. Ast Astrophysics PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, he came out and he said that, um, you know, they have stuff that's not made of this earth or not made on this earth and so and he was he was in a, a consultant to the pentagon on this right and it's like so like 
excuse me, sir? <laughs> like, what are we supposed to take from that? Um, buddy, what do you, what do you think? I know you're you're very skeptical of these things. So yeah, uh, just a little background and sort of the talks we have about this stuff. I'm I'm generally pretty skeptical about this stuff. The video is pretty interesting, but I really don't know what to say about it. But a lot of the conversations that uh, that you you and I have are uh, basically you're like this is it. And I'm, I am always like, I don't think so. I'm but, biased. I want, yeah. I, I want it to be real. <laughs> so I, I, I looked into it. I'm, I have, I don't, more, some of the particulars about this. I don't believe Eric Davis is the most trustworthy figure in all this. Um, that's all. That's fine though. Like, uh, if I'm just taking the video on its, like, what we know is this was, from the Pentagon, and it shows a flying object, and it moves in ways that we don't know, like, what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And given that information, again, I'm just wanting for more, because I, I, I don't think it's aliens. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Then but what do you think the, it is? At the same time, it could, it could be that, um other countries have developed uh so the most for me the most innocent per, but perhaps unlikely in this scenario is that this is just something weird and natural but the video doesn't help us understand what it is mm -hmm. um but i will admit like this one's harder to say that about than you know the pictures of loch ness monster <laughs> and which are um, which have come out to be fake yeah but um Side, right, so side note, hard... side note, real quick. The Loch Ness monster, when I was a child, mm -hmm. horrified me. <laughs> I think that's what caused the first fear of water for me. <laughs> as long as you just don't go to Scotland, you'll be fine. It was everywhere, bro. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's hard to say that. The other thing it could possibly be is that another country has figured out to do this, or maybe it, it could have even possibly been the United States government just two arms of the government that aren't communicating with one another so while the one's trying to or is ripping their hair out trying to figure out what this is maybe this is some sort of experimental test done by some other more secretive branch of the u.s military i don't know either way it's a technological advancement that farther than what we know you know what i mean like well it would it, if if it's true on its face, I would yes, it appears so. It, yeah, if it's if uh, it's man-made, then we have developed something that can just zoom and just go mm -hmm. for it. Um, and then if it's not man-made, then there's a lot more questions to be asked. Right. Like, what's going on out there, and why? Why are they here? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just. The fact that we have not um, ever seen aliens makes me immediately like. I I will have to see some pretty convincing evidence before I'm willing to even entertain that thought because it's something that's never happened before. Right. What has what has happened before? You know, people living in New Mexico where they taste or where they test out new experimental aircraft 
they see a bunch of planes that don't look like planes and then they report it yeah and you know that's a pretty that's a pretty as far as explanations go that's pretty innocent yeah um um i i was gonna say real quick uh before we move on to more alien stuff and how they move so this was um uh bob bob lazar he is an area 51 whistleblower he worked for them and he held uh I have his Wikipedia open. Oh, I did have his Wikipedia open. Oopsie. <laughs> he worked for Area 51, allegedly, and said that the way the spaceships worked was they ran on an element called Element 151, which is you, you, put Mendel, wait, Mendelevian? 150, 150? Sorry, sorry, 115, my bad. 115. Element 151. Oh, my... My periodic table hanging up behind my computer doesn't go. Well, it goes higher than that, but it, that one's missing for some reason. Ununpentium is what. Mm, that might that might be the old name because all that is, is it? un is one, pent is five, one one five. Ununpentium. That's like a standard name. That they, that's a standard name that they give to uh, elements that aren't well studied. Really. We, well, yeah. So we're we're discovering more elements. Sorry, side big big <laughs> tangent. But um, we're I, I didn't know how that's worked. That's how this worked. We're discovering new elements uh, because basically you can make elements depending on how fast you smash other elements into one another. And the problem with those elements is that once you smash the things together, they're extremely radioactive and they decompose instantaneously. And the only way we can confirm them is based on how fast we can take measurements after the um, after the elements collide. And so, you know, you smash them together, and then once you can sufficiently characterize whatever the element is, you can think about naming it. <laughs> huh. Anyway. So, element 115. Anyway, that's... They're calling it... He called it the gravity element, and it's somehow... Mos- Moscovium. Sorry, oh, I knew there was a, I knew there was a name for it. Anyway, it's the the I don't even know what is the theory, the hypothesis, whatever, something. It controls to control gravity, right? That's what he was saying, and that's how how he was saying that the spaceships flew. Mm-hmm. And he said that in about the element one fifteen in nineteen ninety four. And this was an interesting thing I found in two thousand and four. Russia was the first um, uh, journaled creation of the 115 element. Uh, is hold, that, on, hold on. Am my, I wrong? My uh, well, my um, my science alarm is went tingling. Off. Russia is not a journal. They're no, I know it wasn't. No, it wasn't the journal. I was physical. Physical Review C was the I wasn't um, journal. That published the synthesis of uh, Moscovia at Joint Institute for Nuclear Research in Dubna, Russia. Okay, I didn't mean like the journal was Russia. I just meant like they a Russian group. Yes, it was. They were the first one who like logged it. Whatever. Yes. Um. So they made it, and then somebody in Sweden made it, and uh, in 2013. But I thought it was interesting that he mentioned an element that wasn't created yet and 
ten years before Russia made it. That's all I really had to say about that. I mean... <laughs> That's so interesting. Here, here is my... Although we don't here, exactly know what it... Do we know what that element would do now? Uh, I'll get into why we don't. Okay. The, the answer is no, and I'll get into why. Um, but I want to frame this in... Again, I'm in want for the context here. The only context that is provided by going through these weird rabbit holes has not been convincing to me. You gotta um, believe. So we, we, um, we started out by saying this Eric W. Davis, PhD in astrophysics, was a, uh, um, was a guy, he, he was a consultant for the Pentagon in ATIP, and then I guess he still works with them in uh, whatever the new program is called. Um, so the only, only the longest, long, the longest uh, conversation I could find with him was on this weird uh, YouTube video called the basement office basement office just kind of reports on weird aliens and the like kind of thing. Um, but he gave a long form interview and he was talking about papers that he's published and that, yeah, like talking about, uh, faster than light travel um devices that can you know warp drives and different types of um aeronautic stuff that may help to explain what we're seeing but this is sort of where my skepticism kicks in he number one he's talking about journals and he's like we published this paper on warp drives and you know and he says it's the uh journal of the british interplanetary society and like okay for a part like that sounds like a big deal mm -hmm. but if you look at the journal of british interplanetary society there's in science there's um sort of benchmarks that you can refer to to tell you how good a journal is right and one of those is impact factor and what impact factor is basically is how many people read the papers and then use them for research subsequently mm-hmm a good paper, uh, the one paper that we try to get published in um, as a group is uh, AC, the Journal of uh, the American Chemical Society, JAX, and they have an impact factor, factor of around 15 or something. The Journal of the British Interplanetary Society has an impact factor of two. That is not a very reputable journal. Almost first place. <laughs> almost one <laughs> almost one and just as a as a uh, as context we submitted a paper for publish in an impact journal of 0.5 so it's cl it's a lot closer to 0.5 and than it is to 15 so that's that's not really a feather in your cap as far as a um academic accomplishment but and then he mentions also that he works for a man named Hal Putoff, and he works for, uh, he works under him in consulting in some capacity. And the only things I could find about Hal Putoff is that he used to be a part of, he, he is a science and he, or a scientist, a PhD. He has published things. He also has once been a member of the Church of Scientology. And there was a scandal of him being <laughs> misled into thinking stuff. So oh, it, that's not a good look. I here's the problem, and like this goes back to the pandemic thing. If these people had squeaky clean records, maybe I'd be able to look at it and say, 
all right, now we got something. But just every single time one of these things comes up, if you just dive in a little bit, it's like, buddy, okay. you, do you know what you're becoming? You're becoming a, you're becoming a journalist. <laughs> I sort of I thought about that. Maybe we can get into that later. <laughs> I I feel like since I have this capacity. And, you know, this was sort of a fun thing. We talked about this. I mean, I did all this research before we started talking about this. And I had the tabs I could just pull up and now I'm clicking through them. And, I mean, I guess I have the capacity to look through these things and sort of make sense of it. Whereas all of it's pretty opaque. Like the paper. I tried reading the paper that he published. I, whenever I first started reading it, I said, this is gobbledygook. And then... After I was done, I said, this is gobbledygook. I don't understand a single word of it. But needless to say, this was published in 2009. We haven't done faster than light travel yet. So something tells me this might be more theoretical than anything. Was, was he saying it was faster than light travel? Yes. That's uh, what the paper is about. Nice. That's interesting. So was he it, saying that it could be done? Yes. Like, theoretically... It is possible. Again, I don't. I I don't have the chops to understand what he's saying. Right. I'm. If I take it as if this is this is all true and fine, they admit specific at the very end. They admit specifically. You know, by no means do they have the capacity to do this at all. Uh, maybe in the future this will be something that is possible, but it's, at this point it isn't. At least for us. Right. Um. So, but that brings me back to this, um, Lazar guy. Bob. Good old Bob. So, without even addressing what Bob has to say about any of this, it's not exactly, it wouldn't be difficult to guess that there would be an element 115. Because, basically, the only difference between 115 and 114 is, is a proton. Oh. Well, and so... So, the in, what would be interesting, though, is if when we get down the line and we're able to like hold it in place is that here how that here is the problem so you were saying what you do s- we know what do we know about it like what are its properties yeah because he says it's a gravity element that somehow lets you y- utilize gravity in a w- some weird way but so like you said it- and then this other article i said or what or wa- <laughs> Watch, they said that it just disappears. It's there for a second, then it's gone. Right. Again, they make these things in super colliders. And the elements last for fractions of seconds. Let's just say um, we had some Moscovium, element 115, in our hands. We have about a pound of it. Oh, yeah. Um, If you remember remember (laughs) from... uh, If you remember from uh, science class in high school or middle school... Uh, elements have half-lives. Radioactive elements have half-lives. And the definition is roughly how much time or how much time it takes for half of that element to decay into something else. Um, and so, you know, carbon dating. We look at things in the ground and then we pull up the carbon. Carbon-14 has... Or, yeah, carbon-14 has a half-life of like a few thousand years. And that's why we can detect it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Which means... You know, if you had a pound of carbon-14, in a thousand years, you'd have half a pound, and the other half would be something different. Whatever. Okay. okay. Um, Moscovium, the most stable form is Moscovium-290. 
it ha has a half-life of 650 milliseconds. So we got Point, time. 0.6 seconds, yeah. So <laughs> we got time. If you, so if you were holding a pound of it, in two seconds you would have about a quarter of a pound. And another second after that, you'd have, you know, whatever whatever that... Obviously, I'm the best at math, but... Right, it just keeps... You, you get, going, you get yeah, the idea. Yeah. So... The the thought that you could have enough material to study for a long period of time is just it, it scientifically it's blasphemous. <laughs> like it, it you cannot it, it save put aside the fact that it would be impossible to make that much. You if you somehow obtained it, you would not have enough time to study its properties at all. Right. And so, like, not even looking at this Lazar, who I've looked at before, and I, I remember not being not being impressed either. Um, I just... The context that is being given to me is not very trustworthy. Audible helps you get through the books you're struggling to read by listening to them. With Audible, you have access to thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedies, and exclusives from Audible Originals you won't find anywhere else. By using our link, you get access to 30 days completely free. But buddy, guess what else? But buddy, what else? You also get one audiobook completely free, and you can cancel anytime. To get this amazing deal and to support us, please follow our link to www.audibletrial.com slash j&jconnection and sign up now. Yeah! What an ass! <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, we were trying to think of a way to come back after that ad and I just said yeehaw. Anyway, aliens is the topic, not cowboys. <laughs> aliens versus cowboys. Hey! Never saw that bad. movie. Never saw that movie. No, I didn't either. Um, so what yeah. What a cast, though. What a cast. Yeah, they uh, had that Olivia, one guy. There was Olivia a horse. Wilde, Daniel Craig. Oh. Quite a hard-hitting... That's all I remember. Nice. Anyway, we're going to talk more about aliens now. Uh, Buddy. Buddy. You want to know what the odds are that aliens are real? Sure. I know it's... <laughs> you're, you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Well, it's estimated that there could be an excess of 10 septillion planets in the observable universe. And if any of those worlds are exact twins of Earth, the odds that they also host life are nine times better than the odds that they are lifeless and barren. How's that make you feel? I so ooh, I was expecting like a one in five kind of number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ouch. well, so we all we do have um a nine and one. Nine and one chance that there is not, Wait. or that there. Keeping it. Okay, so we're, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at we're looking at an article from Columbia University, uh, Pub published by Columbia, published in PNAS. 
What'd you say? <laughs> Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Sciences of the United States of America. What are the they? Journal. Their, their impact factor is actually like a 9.5, so very reputable. But what was the uh, acronym? PNAS. <laughs> PNAS. Uh, that's great. It sure is. Anyway, we're adults here. We can handle it. So, um, buddy. Yeah. I'm actually... So, uh, on I... I have some serious questions about what they did in this study. How do you how do you want to kick this off? I guess I don't know. I I th- I don't know. I just think it's so. There's an, what they're what it pretty much said. It's there's better odds that there there is life than there isn't. And that bring that brings me to okay, so why would they come here? If the, if what we saw. In the video, is an alien spacecraft. Why are they here? And so that's the interest. That's, I think, the biggest interest of if if that's not us, if that's not man-made, then the only reason they could be here is probably to destroy us in. Well, so I, I don't I take, t- take our dogs, our pets away. Yeah, our cows. Our cows. <laughs> Stick things in your butt. Make um, art. Make art in cornfields. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't dudes with boards. No but, way. Uh, no. Uh, so if if I had to say tomorrow we found a planet with life, the first thing I would say, and maybe I'm just a fundamentally. Maybe we should just we shouldn't assume that another species of animal would or uh, some I guess they'd still be animals I don't know some species of intelligent life I don't think it would be a far off assumption to say that they are like they would be like us to have the same sort of capabilities so I would say the first thing you would want to do if if like tomorrow we found a planet with life on it I think you'd want to study it without touching it. Like that's my that's my big thing. Yeah. So we uh we actually talked about this a little bit yesterday before we actually started a recording, and I I you said that and then I said yeah it's kind of like on an- how on Animal Planet we stay afar and we just mm-hmm. observe, mm-hmm. and that that's how we can learn what these animals are doing and how they act, and see yeah. what is their goal. And you would think. Too, especially the the people at the front of an expedition of different planets those would be the smartest guys those would be the smartest dudes like you know nasa is the first one who goes out and touches jupiter or whatever sends off a probe and actually you know nasa is very careful about how they handle things and i remember someone telling me a story of how nasa was mad at elon musk because he put a car in orbit and the problem wasn't that he put a literal car in orbit it was that that he didn't disinfect it before it went up um nasa always irradiates everything so that they don't have the possibility of seeding life on other planets Uh like say if a probe has a tiny bacteria on it and then crashes into wherever and then all of a sudden you get a biome like we don't want to be the cause of those sorts of things why not so 
that's the question I have. Why, why wouldn't we want to start life somewhere else if we could? I mean, I put ethics aside. It's sort of if you t if you if you taint the waters before you try to figure out what's in them. Like, say we just shot stuff to Mars willy nilly, and then all of a sudden, you know, like. Uh, coelacanths and stuff starts showing up <laughs> like we don't really get an accurate picture of what mars is at that point we get an accurate picture of what mars looks like once we start seeding different species on there but as a scientific um exp expedition that doesn't make sense because you're altering your environment right you want to you want to make sure you know of every possibility of what could happen is that mm -hmm. pretty much what you're saying yeah yeah, okay. more or less. That's fair enough. That because we could we could be creating the aliens that could destroy us. Right. I I guess yeah I guess a different way you could also take it is maybe maybe if, if this is aliens they're just getting lazy and maybe they've done this so often that they just you know flying up to a planet with life is no big deal for them. But I just so I, well I I I I know I'm pretty sure I set this theory. When we when we had Logan on and mm -hmm. and talked briefly about aliens, but I, there's a, a theory I have is that they we are their creation, and the only reason if they're not here to take anything from us or if we keep seeing if uh, this is a, if every UFO we ever saw was an actual UFO or, mm -hmm. or not aliens. made of this earth, yeah, yeah. then. There's, if there, we're seeing them that often and stuff. It's like they're coming to check up on us. Like, okay, are they still there? Are they still alive? Yeah, okay. So our science experiment's working. Like, we we created a a people, a thing. I mean, yes, that's true, but that's an it's, awfully it's not, hands. That's it's a, not that's true. an awfully hands. <laughs> that's an awfully hands-on way of doing something. If you were gonna, like, cause. We have telescopes. We can look at galaxies away. They don't have to be, they don't have to be at like jetliner height to get a good idea of what's going on. Yeah, but imagine you're an alien and you were trying to make dinosaurs, and you, you and you made them. You're looking at your telescope from thousand. It's like or, now I want to touch them. <laughs> yeah, a couple thousand thousand light years away. Then you come to the the planet. And you're like, where'd my dinosaurs go? And what are all these? weird looking creatures here <laughs> yeah well yeah that that's sort of a different that's another thing it sort of reminds me there's always this uh I, it, it's amazing how fast we progress like a few ten uh, if you take the earth in a few t ten thousand year intervals if you go back like maybe 50 ten thousand year intervals ago we had dinosaurs and stuff but if you go to like ten thousand years ago you know it's just guys hitting each other over the head with rocks and stuff mm -hmm. good, but then if you good old if you days come, yeah <laughs> if you come back today you know you would get you would get picked up by like satellites and stuff so what what if they just weren't anticipating something like that like because if some if something comes anywhere near the earth we would have a pretty good idea of what it is before it gets like to ground level whereas you know guys with rocks might not notice that right i don't know man uh yeah it's i mean it's it's interesting i just i i doubt a lot of it 
just because you know it's a big place we haven't we haven't discovered our entire ocean and we're still here on this planet so who how how is anybody going to canvas so much of the universe that we're going to start seeing aliens yeah i mean i like sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i like to play with the idea that aliens are real Mm -hmm. i like having that thought in my head um but if if it comes out that um in a in a couple of years that they're like, yeah, aliens are real. Then you're going to look at all these people who have said, like, I've been telling you they've been real the whole time. Do you think that then that some people have actually been abducted? Like, who, like at that point, it's like, who's telling the truth and who's not with the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> really? That's funny. It'd be like... Would we? It would just. Uh, that would be a mess. Yeah. Like, anyone who I, says they. I don't they told aliens. you they took me up there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody oh. believed me. <laughs> I oh. got a chip I, in my yeah. body. <laughs> that would be. That would be quite quite a weird world. Like even if we just first contact with aliens, it'd just be a whole bunch of people who said, "I knew it." Yeah. Sure. Sure. That was it. I'll be one of them. I'll be like, I knew they were real. I knew I mean, it all along, but I mean, I didn't have any evidence. Again, I don't have doubt. The universe is a big place. I'm sure there's life places. I just think that the chances of us coming into contact with it, and so so maybe just to tie this back to the study that we were watching, uh, or that we uh, pulled from Columbia and PNAS, hmm. um, <laughs> the, uh, they, they're talking about what are the what are the odds that there is life on other planets? And then after that, what is the chances that there's intelligent life? Right. And I don't understand exactly what their scientific method is. Um, but well, I, I, I mean, I read it and I'm okay with it. It's, they're basically, you know, assume at some other place in the universe, things progress at roughly the same rate that they occur here. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that, whatever. But, you know, whenever you're looking at life on Earth, first of all, nobody knows how we came about. Um, and second of all, it's, um, it like, our sample size here is one. Right. Like, if you hit, if you touch the stove, if you touch the stove and you say, that's hot, you might come back 20 minutes later and be like, I wonder if that's still hot. But like, with Earth, you got... Like, we have a we have a very good idea of when like multi-cell organisms started and when they began being on Earth and the formation of the Earth. Even we have a pretty good idea about, but you know, spontaneous as they call it, abiogenesis, the uh, the bringing forth of life from non-life. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty hit or miss kind of deal, <laughs> and uh, it just in my mind it could either take it i mean it's all chance at that point it could happen very early it could happen very late and stuff like that but i just i i find it weird that these studies like i'm glad somebody's doing them and i'm sure they were careful but it in my mind that's a really hard assumption to get out like to parts out yeah but i mean at the same time it's like it's the only assumption because we have nothing else to work off of Right. So right. it's it's the best that they can do. Mm-hmm. Literally. 
yeah from for what, sure from what we what we know and the universe itself but our humans are or the earth is fairly young too isn't it no it's about halfway through its uh life cycle it's I, uh, four and a half four and a half billion years old isn't that is our star yo- younger our star is younger oh. than most stars i believe oh jeez. how age <laughs> the sun is about four and a half billion years as well how long will the sun last <laughs> 10 billion so yeah the sun is still in its younger stage it's about halfway through it's still on the lower lower end it's still got the best years ahead of it. <laughs> and, I mean, until like, it, until it grows if, and then absorbs if, the Earth and everything else. So, yeah, actually, that's a. Which I don't know if the, people re- realize that that that's inevitable and going to happen. The sun will expand to encompass the Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if also, you, if you're hold on, I, wait, that's important. I don't want to just say that well, and be like it's done. The sun will absorb the Earth one day. So the only way for human life to survive is to leave. Maybe let, we should let that we should sink do in. An astro- we should do an astronomy podcast because there's there's multiple ways the Earth is going to end. Yeah, and that I don't think I I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the first reason the Earth would end. No, we, I mean it would burn the, up first. No, well, yeah, okay, so yes, the sun would burn the Earth at some point in its process of encompassing the earth yes but no but before then even the earth um the molten core is important in the earth and it because it it protects us from the radiation of the sun right uh the metal in the core moves around and it creates a magnetic field around the earth and the magnetic field deflects radiation toward the northern pole that's what the northern lights are um but as soon as the cool the core cools down it's we're gonna game over ro- yeah we're gonna get roasted um so, not not exactly sure where I was going with that, but um, we're gonna have to get off this planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's when seeding life will become important. And but again, that's I, I feel like the human race, despite twenty twenty, has at least ten million more years of figuring things out before we really get in danger. Yeah. Um. Do you think we'll get off the Earth eventually? The I mean, way things are the way things are progressing, I'd say it's it's pretty much inevitable. That's an interesting thought to think that the only way for human life to survive eventually, like in thousands of years, is to leave the Earth. Yeah, that's weird. So either yeah. we'll continue to live somewhere else, or we'll die. Right. That's like, that's yeah. I'd, that's a mind. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes I wonder what it's just going to look. You know, as far as the state of uh, nations and whatnot, I wonder what it's going to look like in a hundred years. But you're right. Like, like after we're that's, gone. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's uh, small potatoes in in the current scheme of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, aliens are th- real, and you can't tell me otherwise. All right, but maybe maybe not element one fifteen run engines. Yeah, that probably who knows. <laughs> who knows? I, I'll I'll wait for Lazar's Bob's uh, new book 
Go watch his documentary. Okay. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a doozy. It's actually it's it's well it's well made, but it's uh, I watched it for entertainment purposes, not to really learn anything. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's all alien stuff is to me. It's all for entertainment stuff and to to think about stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of it. With, especially with this stuff coming forward with the videos and whatnot, I think it can take a pretty sinister tone based on how distrustful people are of the authorities, mainly. Because uh-huh. I just, you know, people don't trust the government, so if aliens came down tomorrow, you'd have a weird, 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 uh, uh, It'd be a weird split to see, you know, half the people don't believe them at all and half you, the people are saying, I told you so. You know what we didn't yeah. talk about? What didn't we talk about? We didn't about? give give the thought of if if um, aliens... Like, this, like the sun, this podcast is still young. Yeah, it's still young. Still is yet to see its best years. Um, But if aliens were real, what happens to religion? I mean, just thinking about it, I mean, we could... You're right, we could do a bit of a podcast on that. I don't think it changes much for... Because... Religious apology, which I I think is the correct academic term, like justifying your religion, is pretty versatile, and I'm sure people will come up with good reasons for everything. Uh Uh-huh. But at least as far as the sort of view of Christianity I subscribe to it doesn't say that the Bible is a science textbook right so I don't know I think I think it's a it would definitely be weird I think it might paint the picture or you might have to start going into revelation and talk about the apocalypse if we see uh, violent aliens coming to us but yeah uh, yeah interesting stuff all right any last thoughts? I I had my I had my light question. We have one thing left. Your your what question? My que- my light question. We have to we we can't finish on. You don't have it on. It's not on the dock, so I can't see it. How am I oh, supposed? How am I because, supposed to know? Because I want you to be surprised. <laughs> I'm always whoa. Yo, <laughs> I caught me off guard. Do you do you think mm-hmm. that aliens will find us, or that we will find aliens first? They'll find us. Really? I I mean y- yes. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> okay. Was I supposed to expand on that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, so no, I'm, I'll I'll give you a moment. Because um, well I. I mean. They. I don't know. I say I say yes. Because it's going to take us forever to get off this planet and actually go out to see other stuff. And I still feel like the human race is young in itself. So we have a lot to um, develop. And uh, there's probably another planet out there that has already had intelligent life that's um, a lot farther along than us. So they're so much farther beyond us. But we're like ants to them. And, uh, yeah, so they probably know we're here. They just don't really care. 
So, I guess mine is mostly a difference in perspective. I think we would find aliens first because in the sort of the history of humanity, you can see where we're progressing because like whenever you think about we were talking about this too that there might be aliens or there might be life on other planets the moon uh, just, just oh. in our solar system like uh well not planets i guess but titan is a moon of jupiter i think yeah and there's you know they detect methane which is a product of uh life generally mm-hmm. and that they also have a, a um, there, environment that might sustain life so it, it, there, in my mind it seems like real quick before, you know before, wait real quick before we move on from that to maybe tease another astronomy um po- podcast there is another moon around jupiter i think there's like eight or something but uh there's seven, seven at last count i think seven there's another moon that is covered in ice that they believe has liquid water underneath of it i thought that was titan so I'm, I'm getting my names. There's there's two of them. There's two of them that one. There is the one that has the methane gas on it that has like methane lakes. Sure. And then there's another one that has it's covered in ice. I so forget I forget the name of it. Anyway. So that's kind of my point though. Like, it, it wasn't. Well, oh all that, oh was, oh! Hold on hold on. Oh boy. With your question, did you mean intelligent life or life? No in no 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 no. Like life, just life. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, let, let me keep going with mine, uh, and you can, think, okay. you can think about that. Okay. But, so, it, and again, it could be a perspective thing. Maybe there are aliens watching us through the telescope right now, and they're just waiting, waiting for the day. But it, <laughs> as far as, I, you know, looking back and seeing human history, we will go and go to those planets at some point, you know, yeah. barring catastrophe, unless we get hit by a meteor or something. I mean, we'll go to those planets, and we'll go there eventually and it wasn't all that long ago that we found water i believe there's water on the moon and it ice was, cap you, you can see it in uh just with telescopes and it's, a, uh, but, it's an ice cap though what's up it's, it's it's an ice cap right it might be but it's water yeah yeah same so with if there's mars water, if there's water on the surface there might be water underneath yeah same with mars but it's like I, we're finding all these little things and you know the world is only going to get wider and you know Elon, our boy Elon, is making his way out to Mars eventually. Space cowboy. Space cowboy. Um. Oh, you know what? Um. Yep. Oh man. Oh man. Hold on a second. NASA launched something today. Was it NASA? I, I know. I think it was a, some Middle Eastern country launched an expedition to the Mars recently. Uh. Yeah. This was Just today. Last week. Oh. It was NASA. Oh, hold on. Let me go to actual NASA.com. Dang you, NASA. Yeah, this good thing I remember this because this is really re- relevant. NASA ULA launched Mars 2020 Perseverance rover mission to Red Planet. Yep. They're on its no, way. No more rovers. I want people. Well, let, let's have the rover go there and mar- get an area <laughs> good enough for people. They already sent rovers. I want people. You know, yeah, just, just mark it off with Kerbal. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send him the insight. For anyone who knows what Kerbal is, it's a video game. <laughs> a space it's video a good game. video game, though. It's a video game that teaches you space physics. Uh, anyway, that Mars rover is going to get there February 18th of 2021. That's pretty quick. A couple months. That's Seven. pretty quick. 
Seven no, months. but I, I just I just think we there is the opportunity just around us to see life and I think life will prove to be pretty versatile as far as what environments it can survive. So I I think we'll find life somewhere before we just get and and the other thing then the other side of that perspective is what are the chances that something that has never happened before shows up? Like that's sort of if an alien uh, spaceship shows up tomorrow. Like who could who could have predicted that? There's like there's no no way we could have yeah. saw that coming. I um I actually think I do think we'll find life before it finds us. But when mm. I say, when I say that I mean like micro microbial life. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, wasn't there something few, just a few million years ago? Or was it millions or billions of years ago? Like species or ant life generally is not super old on this planet, is it? On what? What do you mean? Earth. It's not super. It's about as old as the Earth, ain't it? Oh, actually, it is. You're right. So about four and a half billion years. So yeah. So the the catching something later in that stage might be difficult for us but it could also even just come on a meet like a little meteor it could be on that on a meteor or something just ro rolling on through i guess that's true too because it could it could hit a planet knock some off stay on on the meteor and that's true hey man you never know i mean if if there life can survive in space then we, uh, Elon was the first to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to be it, too. That's that's the other timeline, is Elon's car falls out of orbit somehow and then lands on a planet. And not only is there life on that car, there's a whole car just on that new planet. You guys seen the That'd movie Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> we made Transformers. Oh, what a twist. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> it's actually a horror movie. <laughs> Shia. Oh, good old Shia. Even better, the car gets Earth, it gets life Earth, circles around for a few million years, and then lands back on Earth, and then all of a sudden the car. Then it's Transformers in the real sense. Autobots. Right. <laughs> All right. Is that it? That's it. All right. See you next week. Uh, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the J&J Connection podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We are available wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can email us and check out the Audible link, all provided below in the description. And if you're listening on Apple, give us a five-star rating. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends, please. Autobots, transform and roll out. <laughs>